Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Well, hey there. Hi there. Good morning. On a Friday, we made it to the weekend here in early November, November the 4th. Just a handful of days out from Election Day. And, uh, man, it's uh, getting busy out there, and it's going to get windy, I guess, during the course of the next day or so. So get ready for some gusty, windy conditions. They say gusting past 50 miles an hour, so that'll make it interesting if it is that strong during the game tomorrow uh, for the punting and kicking and passing and everything else that goes on. Glad you're with us on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Got another busy show today. Uh, Dustin Harmon will join us. He is the incumbent Champaign County Sheriff. We'll talk to him about uh, why he wants to be reelected. He's running, of course. We had uh, John Brown on. We've got two good men, I think, running for sheriff. Uh, one to be reelected, one that wants the job, and we'll talk to uh, Dustin Harmon on the Democratic side today uh, in the uh, start of our show. Of course, uh, coming up in the second hour, it's our OSF Illini Friday. They really sponsor the whole day. OSF Urgent Care with same-day walk-in care for minor illnesses and injuries. Go to osfhealthcare.org for locations. In the next hour, we'll get you ready for the game tomorrow, Dad's Day. Big game with Michigan State. Are we at a sellout or are we close? Uh, I think we're close. I don't know if we're there yet. But uh, I know there's a handful of tickets left from what I saw last. Now we'll get an update from uh, Kent Brown and others. Barry Hauser will join us with the Marching Illini. What are they going to do? And If you think about it, they're getting ready for a bowl game of some sort, whatever that bowl game is. Um, I'm sure they have to get ready for that. So we'll talk to Barry about that and what uh, he's doing getting ready for this weekend for Dad's Day. Uh, Monday, we'll have the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Oh, I forget. In the uh, Near the end of the show today, we will have Kurt Kittner, my former broadcast colleague uh, on our radio broadcast. We'll have uh, Kurt join us in the uh, final portion of the show today. And in between and around all that, uh, we'll um, hear a lot about the election, I would think, <laughs> coming up next week. We'll have our post-election coverage on Wednesday. Jim Dye will join me for both hours from the News Gazette. Get his analysis. Take your thoughts on what happened on the election day itself. Patrick Finkston from the Illinois. He's got a newsletter. He covers Springfield and former DWS news staffer. He'll join us on that day as well, probably in the second hour that day. And uh, in between all that, too, we got basketball, women's basketball tonight, volleyball over the weekend, men's basketball Monday night, season opener, and, of course, the football game tomorrow. 
So lots and lots and lots of things happening. Keep your dial right here on 1400 AM and 93.9 FM. Ryan Dallas Real Estate, kind of a crazy market out there right now with the interest rates and everything that's happening and getting your home sold or buying a home. They have the Coming Soon program. They get results, help a home sold every 11 hours this year. They've helped over 600 families. 620 was the last count. Ryan's marketing system is built to get home sellers what they want when they want it time and time again, backed by Ryan's guaranteed offer in just 48 hours. Ryan Dallas Real Estate, number one real estate team in central Illinois, ranked 15th in the nation for home sold. Experience the Ryan Dallas Real Estate difference. News Gazette People's Choice Award winners the last five years in a row. Ryan Dallas Real Estate, one of our sponsors on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Your phone calls, emails, and texts, welcome. Anytime we've got folks on, you certainly can jump in with us. And we'll do that next with Dustin Harmon, Champaign County Sheriff, next. On a penny for your thoughts, this OSF Illini Friday. As we get ready for uh, Illinois and Michigan State tomorrow, we will talk with Kent Brown and Barry Hauser in the second hour. Kurt Kittner will join me as well. Illini all-time leading touchdown passer in Illinois history. Uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit here with Dustin Harmon during this hour. How are you, sir, Sheriff? Good morning. I'm great. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got your shirt on and everything. I do. Yes. Sheriff Harmon. Prepared for the day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got a busy – now the weekend's coming up with a football game. So are you guys – do you have extra – uh, th- I know there's a lot of agencies that work the football game. But. Yep, on game days we all come together and I'll have several deputies out there working and uh, plus whatever else the weekend brings to us. I know we're going to have more traffic. Yes, we from will. From what we understand. Yep. Than uh, than we've had in some years. Game days yeah. are always uh, are always interesting, especially when Illini and I are winning. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've been winning a lot here yes, lately. So, all right. Well, uh, here we are. You're almost done. Almost to election uh, day. So. Uh, How's that been going for you? You know, it's been going great. I've been getting great feedback uh, across the county. But I think that I will join the other candidates uh, when I say that I'm ready for Tuesday to come and go. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only as a person who is running for re-election, but also as a person who gets multiple text messages and things a day saying, hey, vote for this person that maybe you haven't even heard of. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just ready to get back to life as normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, every candidate we've had on says, I'll be ready when... When this is done, because it does take a lot of time and you're, I mean, you're in a public job now, but when you're a candidate, you're putting yourself out there yeah, you every know, day. I, you know. I, I'm not able to, you know, take a leave of absence or anything from my job. And so it's the day job and then it's the campaigning and things. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't know if they realize or not, but it's stressful on us as candidates, but it's, it's probably just as stressful on our families, uh, you know, going through this whole process and things as well. Because mm-hmm, they hear people and see people and, they, you know, people run into them all the time. Absolutely. You know? And all the events and everything like that is just uh it takes a lot of time yeah well i know that uh and we've talked about this we talked about with the judicial candidates and uh, now as a sheriff i mean in the coroner there's certain jobs that all in all it probably doesn't matter whether it's an r or a d by their name it's whether you can do the job or not right i mean that's are you qualified to do the job right and you know one of the things is is i think the good thing about me is i'm running for re-election and so i don't have to tell people what 
I think I might do in the next four years, I can actually mm-hmm. say, hey, these are some of the things that I've done in the last four years. If you like it, I hope you give me four more. If you don't, then vote for somebody else, mm-hmm. right? And so I have the advantage of, of doing that. Yeah, and we'll talk on some of those, some of those things that uh, you feel like uh, have been done in your four years. You know, four years ago you were running. Uh, you were the guy that was the challenger. You were the the outsider, if you will. You weren't uh, in the office or in, working as the sheriff or in the sheriff's office at the time. What's it been like campaigning this time as the incumbent as opposed to the different feeling, I guess, right? Well, I have a lot more to lose this time. Yeah. Um, you know, be- before, I don't think it's a secret that before, um, I-, I never expected to win, and I don't think anybody else really expected that either. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had a very secure job, and now my very secure job is being sheriff, and and I'm fighting for it. And, you know, I'm I'm just resting on those things that I have done to, to hopefully get me those four more years. But, you know, talking to people, and it seems like people – I hate to use the adjective crazy, but around election time, I mean, people aren't afraid to tell you what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, even people who have supported you before mm-hmm. now are, you know, either not supporting you or people who you thought you never had support from throughout the entire process are now saying, oh, you're doing a great job. We're supporting mm-hmm. you. So that's an interesting aspect yeah. of it. And I like the way that uh, you have done your campaign. Uh, I know John's done his campaign. Uh, others have run campaigns where it's about them. And not about the other other person. Yep. Other you know, I decided. Um, I told John Brown whenever I whenever he called me to tell me he was running several months ago. I told him I said I'm going to run a clean campaign. I mean, I'm not going to try to throw any you know low blows or jabs or anything like that out there. I think I think that that's what people want is they want to hear mm-hmm. why you're the best choice for the job, uh, how you're going to do things. Um, you know, if, if you're if you're running as, uh, you know, for an example, my opponent, he's running against me. How are you going to do things different and better? Mm-hmm. And then they can make an informed decision on how to proceed then. Yeah. And that's the way I think it should be. Yep. Me too. Really. And unfortunately, many times it is not, <laughs> as, we, as you'll hear in some ads <laughs> along the way coming up. All right, questions for Dustin along the way. Certainly we can do that. Uh, I guess the biggest thing you've had to deal with, not only COVID when that was happening, we'll talk about that, but with the jail, that's been, I guess, that's been your probably your number one issue you've dealt with in your four years. It has been. And, you know, we um, we started working on that really early in my first term of office. And Sheriff Walsh had already laid a lot of the foundation. Uh, there had already been a lot, you know, over a decade of conversation that had been occurring because of that. And we finally had laid the plans for the consolidation. We finally got consensus from the county board, which is tough in of itself. Mm-hmm. Getting consensus from the county board, I believe all but one county board member voted for it. And we are moving forward with a plan. And, you know, because of, I, I can't, especially over the last year, it's hard to drive down the street and not see somebody who says we're hiring, right? COVID made hiring a, a big issue for everybody. We've all lost employees. And so uh, staffing in the jail made created the opportunity for me to close the downtown jail before the consolidation was complete. Mm -hmm. The goal was to close the downtown jail when the consolidation was complete. Uh, For better or worse, uh, it kind of forced our hand. We did close the downtown jail, which I think is a good thing anyways. I mean, sometimes we have to have those pushes to actually get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we are housing out of county, but quite honestly, that we all know that downtown jail was not somewhere that that inmates needed to be housed and it wasn't somewhere employees needed to be working. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of a blessing in disguise our employee problems. Mm -hmm. How's the consolidation? How's that process going? I know you've got inmates that are being transported different places. Kind of where are we at now, I guess? So we still, uh, I have about 140 inmates being housed out of county right now. Um, You know, I've talked to a lot of people 
especially attorneys and things who aren't necessarily excited about that. But I try to tell them that I'm not excited about it either. I mean, it, it taxes my staff just as much as anybody else. It's really inconvenient to do that. However, there really was not another option at this point or else the county was going to get sued. I mean, the county was going to get sued for millions and millions of dollars. And so do we spend that in an environment that we want inmates and staff to actually be living and working in, or do we spend it on lawsuits because we refuse to do anything about it? Mm -hmm. All right. Sheriff Dustin Harmon is with us here uh, this morning as we uh, talk about uh, him, of course, running for reelection here in this uh, county as the uh, county sheriff. And I know that uh, that, now it's the county sheriff's office. Are you going to be moving anywhere else as far as your office? Or your headquarters, I guess, with that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, slightly behind the plans for the consolidation of the jail, we are going to be relocating to the county plaza mm-hmm. building, which, you know, if you recall a couple of years ago, that entire building, the county hasn't invested resources in that entire sheriff's office um, since it was, I would imagine, since it was probably built. And so, you know, we made the plans to, I started looking at space, knowing that the consolidation was going to happen. We obviously would have to move as a sheriff's office. So I started looking at that county plaza building as a temporary leasing situation. And it over the year developed mm-hmm. into a, well, can the county afford to buy this? Is it worth it to purchase this building? And so we will join several county offices that will be moving into the uh, county plaza building, uh, likely in the middle of 2024. And the sheriff's office will have a little bit more space then to to grow, to, to adequately uh, deal with the operations we have now. That was a different philosophy mm-hmm. in the 80s when the sheriff's office was built. And so overall, it's going to be a really good change. I know. I know, Dustin, the last time we had you on, we talked about the uh, cash bail situation coming up uh, i know scott bennett's got a bill he's or a writer i guess to the bill that uh, they're trying to get on some changes i guess you like everybody else just kind of waiting to see how that plays out and what you're going to be looking at i guess january 1 is that- so yeah so <laughs> we have uh, there have been several meetings with the state's attorney's office with the judiciary here in champaign county I mean, the and, and I hate to use this phrase, I think I actually took it from uh, Judge Olmstead along the way somewhere, but this train's coming and we got to be ready for it when it does. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that there are some changes between now and January 1st that help to provide a little bit more discretion to deputies, to help provide a little bit more discretion for, for judges. Because the one thing I think that we all agree on, or at least I'd hope we all would agree on, is we don't want our community to be less safe. And so those who serve a public safety issue should not be out in the community. And so right now, as written, the the law significantly reduces the discretion that my deputies can take. And, and, and what I mean by that is, in certain cases, there has to, for an example, be a specific person who we can articulate is at danger if a person is not uh, is not incarcerated. Right. And so, you know, I have actually had a pretty open mind about this entire thing. As sheriff, I have to follow what's in the law. And I feel like as a leader, if I as a leader, if I have the sense one way or the other, or I think, holy cow, how are we going to get through this? That resonates through the entire sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. And so this is the law we're given. This is how we're moving forward. And then we're working with the Illinois Sheriff's Association. We're working with Senator Bennett to hopefully fix some of those things that will make this law more mm-hmm. feasible out in, in, the, in the public. Because it is election season, you, uh, you'll hear all kinds of things about, okay, here's what's going to happen January 1. I'm not sure everybody knows exactly. Do they? I mean, or, or that's why you have to prepare, I guess, for whatever comes up, right? Is that kind of been your approach? And 
it has been mm-hmm. and you know we 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 still there is not consistency still throughout the 102 counties in the state, whether this is retrospect or whether this is retroactive. So we don't even know on January. I mean, we are preparing for one way or the other. However, we don't even have the clarification that says that on January 1st, automatically inmates are are released from custody or it's going forward from January 1st. Um, And again, I know how we are starting to prepare here uh, in Champaign County, but if things change, we really need clarification on those things. Yeah. Uh, one way or the other, we just have to know how we're going to proceed yeah. in the next two months. That's interesting. Retrospect or retroactive? Yep, that's a big difference. It, it absolutely <laughs> is, and it's you know it's a lot of work either way because if we if it's retroactive, then there is a lot of assessment of inmates currently in custody to determine whether they would be detainable or not under the new law. If it's retrospect, then there is a confusion with those who currently have a bond will continue to have a bond after January 1st, but those arrested January 1st going forward won't have a bond. And so it's just, it's, it's very well, complicated. Hopefully they'll get that figured out. I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dustin Harmon is with us. 926, a quick break, and we'll get to some more questions here with the uh, incumbent Champaign County Sheriff. He's running for re-election, of course. November 8 is the voting day, or at least the last voting day. Back in a moment. All right, 9.30. We've got some news headlines coming up from CBS at the bottom of the hour. We'll be brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. And we're visiting with incumbent Champaign County Sheriff Dustin Harmon. He is running for re-election, of course. have some questions that have come in. I'll get to those here right after the news. Uh, a couple of things, of course, have been talked about is the license plate readers, uh, video cameras, all of that. I know technology has been a focus of what you've tried to do in office. Yep. We've, uh, you know, we were the second uh, organization of the office in the county to have license plate readers uh, after Rantoul. Mm-hmm. And we've upgraded body cameras. We put in-car cameras in all the patrol cars. Uh, technology has really been something that has been a focus of mine uh, over the mm-hmm. last four years. I've seen a few of the, um, I know the diff- cities in different places have done some of this. Uh, I'm starting to see them in different places. Yep. City yeah. of Champaign, uh, City of Muhammad, I mean, Village of Muhammad, they all, you know, have come together. They've seen the benefits of license plate readers. You know, at first there was some concern over privacy issues and things like that. We have not seen those concerns. And so it seems like that more and more in the county are realizing that we're stronger together. You know, our investigative capabilities are stronger when we're all working together. And that's part of it is, is technology mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I guess they've helped in a couple of cases, right? They have. Right, recently? Yep, they've helped uh, solve several cases, and I think probably more importantly, they have helped get that first piece of information that investigators need to actually get an investigation going. I think the city of Champaign, I heard Deb uh, Finan talking about this the other day uh, on the morning show about I guess people can register their ring doorbells, I think, and different things to help with videos as well. Yeah, uh-huh. so traditionally, law enforcement has to canvas from place to place from residence to residence to mm-hmm. see if there are some kind of cameras and things. So if an incident would happen, you would see that. But if we already know that a camera exists at a residence and a crime occurred near that residence, it makes it a lot easier for investigators to go right to that area to review any kind of video there may be. Mm-hmm. I know one other thing you've talked about, uh, you want to talk about with your office having done is having your officers in your office 
be proactive with crime as opposed to waiting, being reactive. That's sure. something so, you've worked on. You know, during during COVID and you know the the civil unrest, uh, the police reform type of conversation, and those types of things, a lot of departments not only nationwide, but here in, in our county as well, were really asking their officers to be reactive. They were taking steps to be more reactive than proactive. Um, I was out there supporting my deputies, though. Um, you know, and, and I think that that is part of the morale at this point with our deputies is they appreciate that I supported them through all this when they saw their neighboring officers, the neighboring uh, police departments really being restricted on what they can do. I was in- encouraging them to go out and do what they signed up to do. Of course, ethically, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very important that we have ethical policing, but I wasn't restricting their activity and they were able to go out there and be proactive. All right, Dustin Harmon is with us. 934 News Headlines, and then we'll get back to it here with the uh, Champaign County Sheriff after this on Penny for Your Thoughts. in all those Chevy commercials, by the way. Yeah, so a lot of uh, downloads, I think, on that. All right, uh, 937 at DWS with Sheriff Dustin Harmon. We'll have Kent Brown with us and Barry Hauser. We'll talk uh, OSF Illini Friday. Kurt Kittner near the end of the show. Dustin Harmon, of course, running for re-election here in Champaign County. And you'll need the headphones there, uh, Dustin. Let's go to uh, Rich, I think, is up. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, Dustin, uh, I'll start by by uh, saying that I've already voted for you. Well, thank you. <laughs> the uh, The choice is not an easy one. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons on both sides, both good candidates. Um, but I voted for you because I think that you have a better bead on on what is uh, coming and how to deal with it. I have very uh, grave concerns about officer wellness. We have, you know, an active uh, stochastic violence, if you will, uh, coming at us in terms of the Safety Act. We've already seen our law enforcement officials go through all the the bigotry and slander you know of a of an assault against the profession uh yeah no profession is is 100 percent perfect but the people involved in law enforcement in overwhelming majorities are decent hard-working dedicated public servants and i my blood boils at the assault that they're under and after everything we've been through in recent times hoisting the safety act on law enforcement um is in my opinion just an absolute insanity but i'm really concerned as to you know in addition to every other stressor that law enforcement is faced with what is your plan looking over the horizon and addressing the issues of officer wellness as it pertains to you know the further piling on of the safety act mm-hmm. sure so that's a great question um and I appreciate the the great comments you made uh, to me. Um, so w- officer wellness is something over the last 
year or so that has uh, gained some impact and, you know, for, for good reason, because unfortunately we see a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, alcoholism and divorce and even unfortunately officer suicide among deputies and officers and things like that nationwide. And so, you know, we have uh, evaluated some apps and things like that. And, and one of the things that we're really trying to get going now is a peer support group as far as not necessarily just internally because the thing there's a little bit of a stigma stigmatization that comes along with asking for help okay a little bit of a stigmatization it's a lot of a stigmatization you you know officers aren't known for reaching out and asking for help if they need it and they kind of suffer in silence for a back letter lack of better term so one of the things we're doing is we're working with area departments and trying to get a support team together that when an officer or deputy or correctional officer even is going through a time that is is causing them trouble is very stressful um, some some mental some mental issues things like that we don't always recognize it on an administrative level and so we want to make sure that there is an outlet for that but we also want to make sure that the people they're talking to understand the situation they've been in and so you know we've seen a lot more uh, mental health response and things like that and and some officers and detectives and deputies have come to the forefront with mental health response to citizens and so we're kind of relying on that to help facilitate an internal mental health resource so officers and deputies can actually confidentially or anonymously, however it would work out, can actually talk to somebody who understands the situation they're going through and then seek guidance on that. Now, of course, we always offer professional psychological help and things like that to officers and deputies who need it. Of course, not everybody is ready to take that step or not everybody needs to take that step. They just need to vent and family doesn't understand what they're going through and friends may not understand what they're going through. And so one of the things that we're really working on is representatives from each of the local agencies to help form this support group. I hope that helps answer your question. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Hey, good luck. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. Uh, listener says you've uh, say you've had lots of experience. Twenty three years, I think, but that would put you at about seventeen or eighteen, maybe. <laughs> You're a pretty young man, I think. Overall, is it true you've had less than five years police experience at different places before becoming sheriff? What what has been your experience? I guess over there. Sure. So actually, I. I did start at 18 years old. I uh, I actually worked as a 911 telecommunicator at Effingham County Sheriff's Office. Mm-hmm. So that's the behind the scenes people that uh, that t- accept the calls, who dispatch the officers, the ambulances, the fire departments, and things like that. So I, I did that for a couple of years while also working as an EMT intermediate on an ambulance. And so um, you know my first job was actually at uh, the Cowden Police Department as a part-time police officer. That was in Mm. 2003. Mm. And uh, it's funny because back then you either tested with hundreds and hundreds of different people or you had to know somebody to get into the profession. And I knew somebody from the ambulance service that said, hey, we're looking for a part-time police officer. Are you interested? And of course, 21-year-old me was like, absolutely. I will take Mm. my first job wherever I can get it. And so from there, you know, I went to Douglas County Sheriff's Office and I worked plainclothes narcotics through the Illinois State Police Task Force. I worked as a uniformed deputy there as a field training officer, as a juvenile police officer. Did a short little stint in uh, the village of Atwood as their chief of police. I realized quickly that that I wanted something more. Um, 
from my from my career, even even personally, I wanted some more professional development than what the village could offer me. At which time, I went to the Champaign County Sheriff's Office, and and I worked there until I got my tenured uh, teaching position at Lakeland College. And so, you know, uh, overall, I believe I've had six full-time years of law enforcement experience. But if my memory serves me correctly, um, retired Sheriff Walsh, who also uh, who served a 16-year, very successful term as sheriff, had seven years of full-time law enforcement experience. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think the whole... I, I think it is important to have law enforcement experience because that's one aspect of the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. However, another aspect of the sheriff's office is corrections, core security, emergency management, all the records retention. And, you know, one thing that uh, that I've heard from my opponent, at least, um, is, you know, lack of leadership, lack of leadership, lack of leadership experience. And I think that's a valid argument on somebody who hasn't already served in the role. Mm -hmm. But I'm the only one with experience as Champaign County Sheriff that's running for Champaign County Sheriff. And that experience, while it's been challenging, has also been eye-opening and has also given me the skills and abilities to successfully move mm-hmm. forward into the future. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, examples, say, for instance, uh, Josh Whitman, when he was hired as AD, he had never worked higher, I think, than Division Three as an athletic director. And yet the basics of being an athletic director and learning, now he's been the AD at Illinois for six years at a Big Ten school shows you that what you can learn and what you can accomplish, even though maybe you're younger and haven't had the same level of experience as others, I yeah, think. Yeah. You know, the the role of sheriff, though I do have arrest powers and my deputies get their mm-hmm. arrest powers from me and things like that, the role of sheriff as being a law enforcement officer is just one aspect of that. It is very much, you know, community engagement and driving that community policy and com- those community initiatives to help overcome community challenges as they law enforcement representative as the public safety representative. Um, And so, you know, that's just as much of it as getting out and enforcing the law. Mm -hmm. Dustin Harmon is with us running for re-election as sheriff of Champaign County. Got to get a break in. Back in a moment. Back on a penny for your thoughts, visiting with Champaign County Sheriff Dustin Harmon. Got a few minutes left here uh, with him. He's running for re-election, of course. The election is November 8th. A lot of people have voted early already, it sounds like. All right, uh, let's see. I've overheard uh, many conversations about who I should vote for or should I vote because of political party, and I question what does political party having to do with being a good sheriff. This is one of many positions in county government that shouldn't be partisan, regardless of the Letter next to Dustin's name on the ballot. He's done a great job and deserves to continue as Champaign County Sheriff. So we kind of talked about that earlier. It's well, thank you. You know, you yeah. know I, uh, <laughs> I I agree that it shouldn't be partisan. But then on the other hand, I probably wouldn't have won the first time if it was. If it wasn't, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as sheriff, I, my my uh, you know I'm my role is clearly laid out in the law for the most part. There are different philosophies among the different you know political parties and stuff like that to a certain extent. Um, but overall, a lot of it is dictated in the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning, Sheriff. Some of your Democratic colleagues who are running unopposed put you in a tough spot with a new safety act. Are you okay with the law? Or are you going to lobby to have it changed? We talked about that a little earlier too. But yeah, well, of course, I'm not okay with the law. Uh, yeah. You know, there are, there were parts of it. Now, obviously, 
the pretrial reform that goes into effect the first of January is only the last part of the law. Right. You know, there were a lot of things with the law, like body cameras and anonymous complaints and things like that, that we were already doing. And most major departments were already doing in the state of Illinois. Um, you know, we've been working with the Illinois Sheriff's Association. I'm active in the Sheriff's Association to make sure that, number one, the legislature realizes how this is in practice is going to be laid out. And we've heard a lot of times, unfortunately, oh, well, I didn't realize that. Right. Well, well, helping to fix some of those things, um, giving that perspective of those who actually have to abide or actually have to enforce have to the work law. with it. Yeah. How is that? How is that affecting us here on the ground? Yeah. Right. And so we continue to make sure we lobby for the, the best uh, outcome as we can with the Safety Act going forward, because I think we all agree. I mean, I, I personally agree. Somebody should not be sitting in jail simply because they cannot afford a hundred dollar bail, right? I 100% agree with that. But we also have to take into account, are they going to get out and start doing that crime again, right? Are they a public safety risk? All of these different aspects that the judges currently can evaluate that the law significantly um, reduces once it goes into mm-hmm. effect. And another question related to that, uh, state's attorney was quoted by the columnist Jim Dye that 25% of the currently in custody inmates would be eligible for release under the Pretrial Fairness Act. Uh, you've said several times in the News Gazette, in custody at our county jail, uh, that inmates in custody can be violent or are violent. If we were to release 25% of the inmates, would we re- would we be releasing dangerous people? So, well, I will. Uh, I would tend to agree with the state's attorney. Um, mm-hmm. I generally do, and she'll like that little shout out. I think. Um, <laughs> but Julia and I work really closely to mm-hmm. to evaluate inmates already, um, and so. Uh, with with twenty five percent, I mean the the thing is, is that the the way the law is written, I do not believe that severely violent inmates will be released from jail. That is not my personal thought. Now, of course, my guess is as good as anybody else's when this thing goes into effect, because we're the first one to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so I do not believe that would be the case. What I do know is that the law, as it goes into effect on January first, puts very specific requirements on when people can be detained and when they can't. And sometimes justifying um, those requirements will be very, very difficult on how the law is written right now. Hmm. All right, Dustin Harmon with us. Final questions coming up. Another quick break, 9.54, back in a moment. All right, a couple of quick questions here for Sheriff uh, Dustin Harmon. Uh, one says, I really appreciate your proactive approach during your tenure. Uh, do you believe the lack of proactive policing resulted in a higher crime rate in Champaign? Traffic stops help control crime, and reducing them causes crimes to rise. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't have enough time to answer yeah, that entire three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> to an, uh, answer that entire thing. Um, I do think that proactivity, the lack of proactivity did did contribute to some of the crime. I mean, there's a lot of things that COVID brought on that Mm -hmm. helped contribute to the increased violence. But one thing we know is that proactive proactive law enforcement activity is one way to help curb some of that violence. Mm -hmm. 957 also says, what are the, another listener says, what are the camera looking CCT devices on top of stoplights all over town? I, I would believe they're referencing the Department of Transportation's camera system. Uh, I know they have several cameras 
um, on on the interstates and on uh, state routes on on U.S. highways, things mm-hmm. like that around the around the cities. That that's probably what they're referencing. All right, got one more call for you here. Uh, let's see, Larry, go ahead. Yes, uh, Sheriff, this is Larry Kearns, retired police officer from Champaign. Hi, Larry. I just had a question. I had a question that dates back a little bit. Uh, when Officer Oberheim was killed in the line of duty, uh, you were on vacation and decided not to return earlier uh, to the funeral. Many people see the sheriff as the chief law officer of Champaign County. Uh, do you regret your decision not to attend the funeral and the lack of judgment therein. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, Larry, I think that's an honest question. Um, so, you know, it was very, it was very unfortunate when officer Oberheim, uh, was shot and killed in the line of duty. And I've talked with Amber several times since then. Um, you know, obviously I do wish that I would have been here at least to show support, for my deputies and the other law enforcement officers in the county. Um, I, I was not able to make it back. And, in, and quite honestly, um, my family hesitated to even uh, tell me that it had happened when it had happened because they try to, you know, they try to get me away from that, uh, that stress of the job mm-hmm. whenever I am actually trying to de-stress a little bit myself. And so, um, you know, obviously, I, I would try to make it back anytime something like that affects our community in the way it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a text here says, Dustin is a smart leader, innovator, and an active listener, something the community needs to continue with. Thinking outside the box, pushing the department forward is what's needed for Champaign County. Thank so, you. That's a nice text. Appreciate that. Well, uh, good luck with everything. Thank Thanks you for coming much. in today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, I know that, uh, again, I think that we've got two good folks running here. Uh, for the office, I know you want to win, well, so I mean that's yeah. the goal. But uh, of course I do. But, you know but, the thing that I have, I'm not a very good politician, and so the <laughs> uh, the thing I want people to do is to take a good look at my opponent and I, and see which direction they want to they want to move forward. And if I'm not it, I got to respect that. I got to respect mm-hmm. the will of Champaign County. Mm-hmm. I just want people to be informed whenever they make that they make that decision. And if you uh, if you think I've done a good job over the last four years, then I hope everybody gives me four more. Hey, Dustin, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Brian. We'll let you get back to work. All right, Dustin Harmon, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts, our Illini Friday presented by our friends at OSF. OSF Medical Group, primary care. Providers offer seamless care from birth to seniors. Go to osfhealthcare.org to learn more. And they present our Illini Fridays here, and we've got another one coming up. We've got two left. We've got this week and next. Every Friday is Illini Friday, but uh, we've got home games, of course, uh, over the next uh, two weekends. Michigan State this weekend, Purdue next weekend. And uh, Kent Brown joins us, as he does, 
Doesn't it but, seem like you know, we, we just started this in I know. Uh, like last week, and it was back in <laughs> August, and how time screams by so yeah. fast, and here we are. We're at the last two home games of the I year. Know. Which is, by the way, early, right? We're going to be done with home games in the middle of November, and we don't have any of the late November games, which is kind of an odd deal. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, the season, especially when you're winning, I mean, it just – it moves so quickly, and you just move on to the next game because you can't wait to get there. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're past them. So. Yeah, and well, it's just been uh, seven and one, which is the first time since uh, 2001. We're gonna have Kurt Kittner on a little later. Great in this hour, and he he was of course part of that uh, seven and one start with Ron Turner, and so uh, yeah, a lot of excitement, and you can kind of sense it. I we did two hours the other day, Monday morning quarterbacks. We did two hours of nothing but Illinois football. It's great in, in that late October, which football, is great. Football rises uh, the level of energy in the community like nothing. You know, Illinois basketball will always be a big deal here. This is uh, traditionally we've got unbelievable tradition. Basketball in the Midwest is big, and Illinois basketball has success like as well as mm-hmm. anybody. Uh, but you know, when football's good, it uh, it's a different level. The number of people who can be in the stadium, uh, the all the pageantry around it from the pregame, the tailgating, the, how people come together, uh, and when you're winning, the uh, the numbers on television are significantly higher, and um, there's just so much more interest. So it's it's a lot of fun, and yeah, I wish we were. I wish we had these seasons more often, right? Than every 21 years, and and mm-hmm. and I think uh, with Coach Bielma, I think hopefully we're on that track mm-hmm. where we can start doing this on a consistent basis. Barry Hauser is with us for the marching line. I'm sure that excitement feeds into the band. I mean, you guys always are up anyway, regardless of the team's record. But certainly, yeah. it makes oh. Oh, practices certainly. and all of that more fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we talk about this mid-season slump and things like that. Yeah, there, there's not been much of a mid-season slump this season. <laughs> I think the biggest uh, education taking place is uh, to all the first-year members because they think this is all normal. So we're allowing them to think this is normal because let's keep it this way. But, you know, the you got some of the fourth-year members in there saying, do you know what I've sat through? And uh, so it's really great. It's really great to, to celebrate that. And Kent's words are spot on. It's just how it brings the community together. There's just a different vibe and a different feel across campus. Well, there's certainly – we know that Illinois still has a chance, of course, to win the Big Ten West. They've got to take care of business here the next couple of weeks at least, if not further. But uh, we are going to a bowl game regardless – so are you? Do you already start getting ready? I mean, what you might be doing for a bowl game is that we've or? had some preliminary discussions okay. about those. But things, I mean, you have but, to plan but, for it, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. You do, mm-hmm. especially when you're looking at you know hundreds of, of students and depending on where that's going to be. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of scenarios right now that we're all dealing with, and yeah. so you know if this, then this. And uh, and coming up with all those variety of different plans and making sure that the students are blocking out that time as well. I think mm-hmm. that's the other part. They're on break, you know, just like our athletes are, but you know, they're doing they're doing work still. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's great work. Yeah, yeah well, it's fun <laughs> to plan for it, and we're the same boat, Ken. I mean, you got to prepare. Yeah, if we were to play in Indy, you got to prepare for that. There's yeah, a path there's, for a lot yeah. of different things yeah. uh, in front of us here, and so you know, hopefully, uh, take care of business in the next couple of weeks and and stamp that uh trip to indy would be really uh great to give ever give us a couple weeks head start over um whatever school comes from the east division mm-hmm. um and then you know as you start looking forward to bowl games you start looking at scenarios and and what all could take place and and there's a path that to the very highest very highest point of the of the 
postseason still, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's paths to, you know, as you go down just a little bit. It doesn't, you know, we're we're in pretty good shape, and um, we are a school and a program that every bowl director is got high on their list because a it's kind of new blood. We haven't been in that area. You know, we're a school that uh, no matter what, if we were part of the New Year Six or one of the major bowls, uh, you, know, sit, you know, any of the January mm-hmm. 1st type of level bowls, um, we would be excited. Yeah, whereas some schools, because of their uh, past experiences and maybe successes, would be disappointed if they yeah. got mm-hmm. in those things. Oh, we got to so, go there again. Yeah. You know. And so yeah. our fans <laughs> are excited. They would travel, and, and um, that's a big part of it and we've got exciting players uh national award candidates we've got a coach who's been there before who's a proven winner and uh leader and and will be involved in in those bowl activities and so uh huge alumni but we got all we got a lot of things that people would be mm-hmm. excited about so we have a lot of things to sell and so we're all you know trying to get our ducks in a row to to mm-hmm. be ready to go and pull the trigger when it all happens mm-hmm. Uh, Dad's Day is coming up this weekend. We're going to talk about that. And uh, Mo Gardner, I'm going to mention that. So we'll come back with Kent and Barry in just a moment and what the Marching Illini is up to this weekend after this. Ten seventeen. We get ready for Illinois, Michigan State uh, tomorrow. It is Dad's Day. Kent Brown is with us. We've got Barry Hauser from the Marching Illini. OSF sponsoring today's show. They have OSF on call urgent care locations in Champaign, Danville, Mattoon, and Rantoul, treating minor illnesses every day, eight a.m. to eight p.m. every day, including the holidays. And you can get an online appointment. OSF oncall.org slash urgent care 24 7 virtual visits as well and the goal is to get you in and out in 40 minutes or less so if you have uh, something you need to get checked out and do it quickly osf on call urgent care any questions for canterbury certainly you can get those in here in the next few minutes kurt kittner coming up in a little bit it is dad's day and uh, the marching line. Now, first of all, does the wind affect the marching line at all? I mean, is that <laughs> as, as we saw from the last game? But yeah, it impacted us a little bit as soon as yeah. we pulled those banners during Patriotic when we formed that star. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it can. You know, you got some of the guard members holding those flags and things like that. It it makes it mm-hmm. pretty difficult. So well, that only affects the kickers then. Oh yeah, it can affect for sure. the band. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What's what's your theme tomorrow? What uh... our theme tomorrow is? We're doing a tribute to uh, space exploration. So any of you Star Trekies out there, uh, there's some Star Trek themes in there and some other items. So we're really excited to do that, and uh, we'll have a special guest introduction uh, taking place on the video board as well. So really excited about mm-hmm. that. Also a salute tomorrow, Kent, to Mo Gardner. Yeah, you know, uh, we've had obviously some great players uh, and coaches come through the University of Illinois. Uh, Mo Gardner is our 18th member of the College Football Hall of Fame. He'll be inducted officially uh, in December in Vegas at the National Football Foundation event. Uh, but they each uh, Hall of Famer has an on-campus salute. And so uh, Mo will, is back this weekend and will be uh, recognized on the field and at the pregame stadium club party across the the street and uh, very excited to see him those of us who've been around for a long time now 30 it's been 33 years uh in the late 80s and 1990 mo was uh, as good a defensive lineman as there was in the country and maybe the mm-hmm. best defensive lineman in the history of our school i mean he was uh four time uh, all big 10 second team as a freshman and first team sophomore junior senior two-time consensus all-american um 
and just the most humble uh, star that maybe we've ever had. I, I always tell everybody he is the most responsible football player I've ever worked with in 36 years of doing this. Uh, he was a guy you could say, Mo, we, we need to do something Tuesday at 3 o'clock, and that's all you'd have to say. And then thir- Tuesday at 3 o'clock he would show up without mm. any prompting, without any reminders. Mm. He had a, he got married and, and had a had a daughter uh, during his senior year in school. They're, uh, he's got a great family. They're all uh, Roberta is, is going to be coming back with him. She's a U of I grad as well. Um, and so she'll be here this weekend. Um, so very excited about having Mo back and, and recognizing him on the field. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was part of our 2020 Illinois Athletics Hall of Fame class, which was in the middle of, the, of a pandemic. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. realize we went through that yeah. a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> don't and, remind me. Yeah, and, and Mo uh, was not able to come back, cannot, did not want to travel during that time period. And so we're going to recognize him for that as well on the field. So, yeah, early in the first quarter we'll – We'll be uh, doing that with Mo. I think he's going to be on with Steve and Lauren. I think. Yeah, today. yeah. So I'm going to pick him up at the hotel promo. and bring him over uh, tomorrow morning to uh, to be on with them and and mm-hmm. uh, talk a little bit about his career. All right, uh, Dad's Day always a great tradition at the U of I. We Warm. are the yeah we're the first uh, yeah. one to set, center a Dad's Day around a football game and and it's been hundredth anniversary. It's hundredth anniversary. Yeah. It's amazing. So yeah, we have a lot of uh, great traditions and that's one of them. And so there'll be a lot of the the players will be wearing their dad's jersey they'll walk in do the line i walk they'll meet him at the uh about 12 25 ish is the line mm-hmm. i walk tomorrow but the dads will all be out there wearing their son's uh alternate jersey and walk in at least down to the field with them walk through the thing and then they'll go back out mm-hmm. but uh they uh the dads always get a big kick mm-hmm. out of this mm-hmm. now i haven't seen anything official from your office or whatever about a sellout so i guess we're getting close right are we, we are real close it will sell out we are close enough that i i'm very confident these last tickets are go so if anybody's on the borderline where they want to come they should contact the ticket office as soon as they can because mm-hmm. it's uh it's very very close i know i've been we've been talking to jason all week and and um and so yeah we will have a sellout tomorrow i know just because of how close we are and uh, mm-hmm. but yeah there are still a few Ooh. tickets hanging out there and if it is it'd be the first one i think since the carolina game 2016 2016 yeah lovey's first year and so yeah. uh you know the excitement and and then we'll turn to next week and and hopefully have a big crowd <laughs> for that one but yeah we got to get through this one first and and yeah. some of us look ahead a little bit uh because we have to the team can't uh, they have to one week at a time which mm-hmm. is what they should be but uh, exciting uh, there'll be and as uh with dad's day you know the grange grove uh requests are huge because everybody mm-hmm. they're all the uh, parties and stuff that the people are wanting to do out there uh hopefully they'll uh nail down their tents uh they don't, the little pop-ups you know and don't get blown away um but uh, i know they filled up pretty quick right reservations yeah yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've started taking reservations out there because it became uh overwhelming if they didn't so mm-hmm. uh this week and next week both and I would say uh, advice to folks is that with the increased attendance, it's going to be increased traffic. So I'd give yourself a little more time on both ends always, of the day. I always, think, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, these are the games that people want to be at and uh, attend. And so we will have larger crowds than we've had, uh, close to sell out. So yeah, I would give yourself a few extra minutes. Tailgate lots always open at seven a.m. Right, that's a given. Mm-hmm. Game at two thirty should give everybody time, plenty of time to to get in place, get parked, and get in. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, there won't be any issues there. 
And Barry, I know your bands uh, part of the Marching Illini, but you got basketball bands. You got a women's game tonight. You got a men's game Monday night. Volleyball Sunday. Volleyball Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're divvying up. We're all, all over. Yeah. yeah, we're all over. And I think yeah. we, you know nothing nothing to do with athletics, but we, there's a concert taking place in Cranert tonight as well. So why not? Oh yeah. Why, <laughs> why not? not just add it to the mix? <laughs> Tell me more about that. Yeah. Uh, our Wind Symphony will be okay. uh, playing there at 7:30 there at mm-hmm. Cranert. So, but yeah, and then we'll have about 250 dads out on the field for halftime uh i know we've taken some some emails and calls about hey play to the east stands so portion of halftime's going to the west the dad's day portion where we spell out dads and you get to watch those dads do their crazy dances out there that's Mm. all going to be to the east so there'll be a little love for the east stands this Mm. week as well anything else guys we need to mention i mean i just Keep winning, I guess. Keep wearing your orange and blue and, yes. and show up and be loud. And, and this team deserves it. We are in a stretch run here. This this stretch of the season is huge and will dictate you know how we all feel about uh, uh, when we look back because these games are, are, are really big. Michigan State's gone through the, the issues. We're all aware of what they are, but a lot of times that pulls teams together. So I have no doubt we'll get their best mm-hmm. effort. And uh, – our guys know they see the the target out there, and that that's what they're shooting for. And Coach Bielma does an unbelievable job of keeping everybody focused and locked in on the task at hand. And and I have no doubt that our guys are going to be ready to play. Well, one thing he said when he came was, "I want games here to matter in November." And we got them because yeah. that's all yeah. he's. That's mostly what he's experienced Absolutely. in his career. Yeah, and no know, doubt. Always, you know, are. people jockey for position. He told me, you know, in October, and you, and then November is where. You know the rubber hits the road. You want to be in contention and make those games matter. So well, they all are going to matter. Yes, they are all mattering. <laughs> mattering. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Texas. I want to thank Barry for the delicious food he offered the Band Day staff. Oh, that's very kind. He gave away yeah. food to the. Yeah, we did. We yeah. did. You know, we had our Illinois Marching Band Championships with a lot of bands out there and a lot of staff to help run that. So wanted to make sure we uh, were able to share some of the food that we had to to share with mm-hmm. them and make sure that they were fed to keep things going nice and strong. So yeah. thank you. And Muhammad Seymour won one of those. They sure did. Yeah. yeah. Overall grand champion for class 1A to That's 3A. pretty cool. Yeah. Get a little plug in for where I'm living. That's now, right. So. Well, well there's, there's two <laughs> people, <laughs> and yeah. I don't live there, so the other two <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, that's right. And I had no influence on that award <laughs> yeah, either. So right, let's just right. make sure we're not pointing fingers yeah. there. Yeah. And St. <laughs> Unity's still playing. St. Joe's still playing. Yeah, still some. Muhammad's still playing. Football yeah. teams still yeah. playing so. the playoffs this weekend. So good yeah. luck to them. That's yeah. uh, absolutely really important time of those kids' lives. And uh, so and good, be, good for them. And they'll be here in a few weeks for the state. Hopefully Thanksgiving weekend. But I mean, the team. Somebody will be here. For the state finals, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. we get some local all eight ones. classes, right? So right. we got that. We got a basketball game on that Friday night in the middle of all that too. <laughs> that's so right. That's, Why not? <laughs> and that for that game, uh, Kansas City, the Kangaroos is what they're known as. You have Friday? No, the, the Friday. Game. No, that's next Friday. That's Friday, next Friday. Next Friday. Night. The yeah. Friday of uh, Thanksgiving, it'll be uh, Lindenwood. That's right. Uh, with, right. Who has a St. Joe uh, connection with St. Joe Ogden? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tremble, uh, who. who Play with my son um, mm-hmm. when they won the state championship 2016. That's a shameless plug for uh, family <laughs> plug. You guys got one in. Uh, yeah, sure. In his final se- Brandon's on the final season at sure. uh, Lindenwood. So sure. I think uh, Brian definitely. just wanted to bring up that their mascot were the kangaroos. So yeah, well, yeah, well yeah, that's I mean, next Friday, <laughs> and that and that is next Friday. <laughs> yeah, and that's also I think they're doing the championship banner, championship banner and the up. rings. Yeah, that'll be yeah. all that going on and. Uh, former Illini uh, head coach Bruce Weber is scheduled to be the television analyst for mm-hmm. that game for the Big Ten Network. So uh, be exciting to see him. Bruce is such a good person. Glad to have him back. Yeah. And, and he's trying out a new 
post-coaching uh, career uh, doing yeah. this. Stuff, He'll do so. well. He will. Yeah. That's great. Barry, thank you. Thanks, Ken. Oh, thank you. Keep up yeah, the good Brian. work. We'll, we'll see, see you, next, you over there. Next see Friday. See you tomorrow. There. But, yeah, we'll see yeah. you next Friday for our last uh, home Illini Friday. Kurt Kittner coming up here in a few minutes. Let me get our uh, Adam, let me get a regular break in here, and then we'll come back and continue on A Penny for Your Thoughts. on a penny for your thoughts. We'll have some uh, more Illini Friday stuff for you here. I've got some uh, tickets to give away to the basketball game. Not I don't have any football tickets, but I do have uh, Eastern Illinois, Illinois against Eastern Illinois coming up on Monday night. I've got those, and I've also got four passes for the tent for the game tomorrow, the football game. So passes for our tent, and I'll give you the question here near the end of the show. And we'll see if we can give those away, all right? And so we've got Kurt Kittner coming up here in a little bit. Gallo Miller, paint and collision repair, south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. They've been in business for over a couple of decades now, nearly 30,000 vehicles they've serviced. Give them a call at 217-353-0770, and you can reach out to them or go by and see their website, gallomiller.com, all the great service they provide. I was in a parking lot recently. was reminded how dangerous those places are with uh, everybody kind of moving around. You can dent. I saw a couple of accidents, not in the lot, but elsewhere. thought, man, those folks need to call Gallo Miller, and they can. Uh, stop by and see them. Get a free estimate. They'll make the whole process as smooth as it possibly can be when you're kind of upset about what's happened anyway. Gallo Miller, paint and collision repair. They've been longtime sponsors with us. We appreciate them. Very much. Had Dustin Harmon on in the first hour. If you missed any of that, you can go to WDWS.com. We appreciate Ken and Barry coming by. Kickoff tomorrow at 2.30. Line on game day from Grange Grove at 12.30. Sports talk in the morning as well. Uh, got Greg here says, Illini Friday is important, but please mention this for the folks in Urbana. News Gazette says electric rates will triple in Urbana next year. Yep, you can read about that in the News Gazette, and we've been talking about how it is going to cost more to heat your home here uh, straight ahead with all that's happening. It's all part of that inflation uh, and increased costs that everybody's going through, and in some cases voting for or um, against (laughs) because they're upset about it coming up on Tuesday, Election Day. And we'll have a post-election coverage with Jim Dye, and Patrick Finkson will join me on Wednesday as well. Jim will be in with me for uh, both hours of the show the day after the election. All right, 10.33, let me get a break in, and then we'll come back and talk to Kurt Kittner, my former colleague on the air, uh, did color with me for several years. I think he was with me during the Rose Bowl season. And, uh, of course, uh, all-time leading uh, touchdown passer in Illinois history. We'll talk to Kurt Kittner next here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Penny for your thoughts continues on this OSF Illini Friday. We get ready for the game tomorrow, Illinois and Michigan State at 2.30. Of course, Illinois off to a 7-1 and one start. Last time that happened, 7-1, and one, 
was the 2001 team that eventually won the Big Ten championship and made it to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. And, of course, the quarterback for that team was our friend Kurt Kittner, who was a quarterback there, later joined us in the radio booth all those years. And, uh, Kurt, good to visit with you today and uh, pretty exciting around here these days. Yeah, it's a great, isn't it? It's fun um, walking in the office here in Chicago and people talking about Illinois football again. Well, tell us, uh, first of all, your impressions of this team, uh, what you've seen. I know you were here for homecoming. Uh, you saw them play. Uh, your general impression of the team. I just think there's a different level of toughness. Um, and you can tell, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage up front um, on both sides of the ball, uh, the way we run, um, you know, downhill with the running backs. And it just seems like there's, uh, you know, mental and physical toughness on this team that we haven't seen in a while. And definitely some accountability as well. And you can appreciate line play because you had your guys, your big fellows up front protecting you, uh, Pashos and those guys. Uh, certainly the offensive line has done really well, giving Tommy DeVito time to throw. But the defensive pressure on the defensive line, that's been incredible. Yeah, and, you know, they've, they've been doing a great job and you know, the, the offense possessing the ball. But the defense, I, I ran through some of the stats, um, you know, just online yesterday of where we rank on a number of things. But we're, it's, it's not one guy either. It's a complete team defense, which is impressive. Uh, when you look at top to bottom, defensive backs, linebackers, you know, interior D linemen, and then the D ends, it's, it's pretty evenly balanced of, you know, guys doing their job and doing it very well and counting on others to be in the positions if you, you know, push the quarterback out of the pocket and the D ends there, or they push them up into the pocket, the D linemen are there to, to make a play. And Kurt Kittner with us, former Illini, of course, quarterback, and we'll get an update on what he's doing these days with his family as well. But uh, the team is 7-1. and one. Tommy DeVito comes in from Syracuse. You saw him play uh, here recently. Your thoughts on him, his mobility, and just how he runs the team? Uh, you could just tell that he's got some confidence um, in the plays that are being called. He's older um, and has you know, played and, and, and seen it. He makes quick decisions. It looks like he's got control of the huddle. He's you know, stepped in and become a leader in a short amount of time at Illinois, and I feel like the team has kind of bound around him. And, you know, he's Lyman's best friend is a guy that drops back and gets the ball out on time. You know, mm -hmm. He's not going to hold it. He's, he's minimized the negative plays. He gets out of the pocket, he'll throw it away. And, and move on to the next down and you know he's completing passes at a, a high percentage so yeah. all and when you have a good run game um i think it it helps as well so again it's a complete team offense well and i know you know something about leadership in the huddle i mean that people say you had that in the huddle it's real important i think yeah no for sure i think when when you know the offense and you're in the huddle you're you're confident you don't have to read you know, I never had a wristband, but you don't have to read off a wristband. You can look people in the eye and you can point to them and say, hey, be ready. You know, this ball might come your way based on what we saw in the last drive. And, and guys are engaged and, you know, you're communicating in the huddle. It's not just a quarterback talking. It's everybody. And you have to provide, you know, the atmosphere to do that. And you get better play-by-play, drive-by-drive. What about uh, your impressions? I know you met Coach Bielema last year after he was hired. Uh, he's obviously had success. He had great success at Wisconsin. He uh, had success at Arkansas, not enough. He eventually got fired there, but uh, went on to work for Bill Belichick and uh, in the NFL. And uh, it seems like people have said we're kind of getting the best version, he has said this, of Brett Bielema and how he leads a team. But 
he just seems to be a really good college coach. He does, and I think he has a demeanor that the players respect. Um, you know, you could tell he's not one you can push one over on, um, and he makes the guys accountable. And I think he understands the Big Ten and what you need to do to to win at a place like Illinois. It's you know, at Wisconsin, he did a great job of you know recruiting local, you know, finding the players that you know aren't necessarily you know four five stars or I don't know. I don't even know what stars are anymore, but he finds the guys that he sees as being, you know, good players at our level, and he makes them, you know, play together, and that, that makes the sum of the parts greater than um, what you've seen in previous years. So I think he's really done a good job of taking the nucleus that we have and just making them, you know, fit better. And there's a bunch of different examples that you can look at, um, but I think his demeanor has been the biggest change because the mentality on that football field, you can tell, is a lot different than it was a couple of years ago. Again, the last time, as we visit with Kurt Kittner for a few minutes, last time Illinois was 7-1 and one was 2001. Uh, about that team, did you guys know going into that year you were going to have that good a year? Um, no, but I think the expectation was high. You know, we knew that we had a chance to compete for the Big Ten title that year if we did, did everything. Um, I might... It's different, but the sophomore year when, you know, you go into Michigan and you win and that's kind of like your first win, you're like, okay, hold on, we can, we can play with these guys. And so you see this level of confidence building and it's just a matter of, you know, keeping your head on your shoulders, not thinking you're too good um, and continuing to go out there. And that's, you know, a testament to coach um, is keeping the guys focused. Um, you always win more when you lose, but they've been winning <laughs> at a consistent pace and, they come into the game prepared and and you know continue to execute. So um, I think they've you see better football you know week over week. And I'm watching the game like there's no way that they can keep them under ten points again. And then they do. So yeah. um, it's it's impressive to watch the defense go out there and, and fly around and make plays. So during the course of that year, I know it's different now, twenty years later, because of all the social media. I mean, people can communicate in a lot of different ways. Did you were you guys able to keep as excitement build as your record builds as people start talking about you maybe winning the Big Ten? How do you keep the noise out? Uh, it's just it's the locker room and it's the coaching staff. You know, when you get in there, the the, the noise is always going to be there. You know, I didn't read, and I'm not sure about all the rest of the guys, but I didn't read a lot of the the news gazette no offense to lauren tate or the rest of the crew but <laughs> i didn't read it you just go into the next game and, and focus watch the film learn and, and move on that's uh, a long season right and i think you just try to grind through it and and do your best and and stay focused and 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 try to plug that out and i think for us going into 2001 we had a letdown and not making it to a bowl the year before so we had you know, some thoughts in our head like, hey, we can't, we can't get overconfident. We've been there before, and it didn't turn out well, so we came and made sure that week over week we focused. And it's, again, I think it's the leadership of the team and the leadership of the coaches that make sure, you know, that you don't lose sight of the goal and, you know, the game that's right in front of you. And I'm guessing, Kurt, there's no greater feeling than you play for that championship game. I think it was on Thanksgiving Day against Northwestern. That's still pretty yeah, fresh no. in your memory, the whole – trophy and and the and the game and the way it happened yeah i mean not necessarily the game but the uh, you know just leading up to it when you come in and you know we're we weren't very good <laughs> when i when i got there as a freshman and you leave as a big 10 champion 
you know, that the body of work, the four years of getting from one one place, the bottom to the top was, you know, memorable. So um, being able to raise that trophy, you see pictures of it. You know, I have some in my home. You come to Champaign and watch a game, there's pictures of it. So it's a, a very fond memory. Mm-hmm. Tell people what you're doing these days, Kurt, and about your family. I am still doing the same thing, working in commercial real estate in Chicago, um, traveling around a little bit, um, go where my clients go, but and then I'm coaching all the kids' sports I can. I've got girls' basketball, just finished up uh, the Glen Ellen Fighting Illini, uh, won their bowl game against Auburn a couple weeks ago, and then a little bit of baseball. So mm. uh, kids are keeping me active uh, and busy. Yeah, they'll do that, that's for sure. And they grow up pretty fast, uh, as you found out. So uh, yeah. th- that happens. And uh, boy, just some great names off that 0-1 team. I mean, I, I'm thinking how many guys played at the next level or – you know, had just great careers in general. But, I mean, you think Pashos and Brandon Lloyd and Walter Young. I mean, it was so many great names. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think you, you look back at all of us, you know, coming in, you know, young 17-year-olds and, you know, not highly recruited. And, you know, Walter came in as a a quarterback. Greg and Greg Lewis and Aaron Moorhead were walk-on receivers. Brandon Lloyd was um, a defensive back. Brennan Moore, who had a great career, was a defensive lineman all four years and, you know, switched to O-line in the NFL and, you know, doesn't work for a living anymore, I don't think, because <laughs> he, he did well at the next level. So it is impressive, but it's I think it's that humble approach um, when you come in and the work that you put in that just made them, you know, better, you know, after they left, you know, getting to the next level and, and taking that same approach to the next level made made them very successful careers for all of them. Final question for you, Kurt. You still in touch with uh, Coach Turner? Yeah, he actually yeah. just I just got a call from him on the line while we're talking. Which oh, really? Talked to him in a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so missed call. I'll tell him that it was Brian Barnard. <laughs> okay, well, tell him hello for us and uh, good luck uh, with everything you're doing. And uh, we always appreciated the work you did for us on the radio. And of course, great memories for so many Illini fans from that uh, team in your years here. So. Go Illini. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I look forward to hopefully getting down there for another game before the year's over. All right. Thanks, Kurt. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Very Thanks, good. That's Thanks, Kurt man. Kurt Kittner, great Illini quarterback, back on Penny after this. All right, warming up as we go today. Windy and warm. High of 75. 58 tonight. Tomorrow's high 62. Going to start getting windy. Could have some showers late tonight. According to the folks at uh, AccuWeather, high of 62 tomorrow. Wind gusts could top 50 miles an hour sometime during the game tomorrow. So keep an eye on the passing and the kicking game. Our show today has been brought to you by OSF Healthcare, Cardiovascular Institute, expert hard care right here for you in Champaign-Urbana. I do have uh, some tickets to give away, not for the football game. I do have them for the basketball game, Illinois and Eastern Illinois. This is Monday night at 8. It's uh, 200 level, section 218. So you're up there, I'll be honest, you're up there. uh, Section 218, row 15. So these are not courtside by any means. These are, you know, 200 level, but you're in the building, right, for the season opener. For the defending Big Ten champions. So we got four of those. And uh, to go with that, I've also got four 
uh, tent passes for our tent tomorrow. The Ryan Dallas Real Estate, Learfield, uh, Fighting Illini Sports Properties uh, passes there for those. So four of those to eat with us and enjoy the festivities. No tickets for the game, but we do have tent passes, and I have four tickets at the 200 level for the Eastern Illinois game Monday night. All right, question is, we just had Kurt Kittner on. Kurt Kittner is the all-time career touchdown pass leader in Illinois history with 70. Okay, he had 70. Who's number two? All right, who's number two all-time touchdown passes in Illinois history? All right, so I'm guessing there'll be a lot of good guesses on this. So let's see what we have. All right, uh, go ahead. What's your name? Norm. Hey, what's your guess? Number two. Uh, 39. No. <laughs> no, I didn't hear the question. Okay, well, the, the question is, Kurt Gittner's number one with 70 touchdown passes. Okay. okay. Who's number two on that list? Just think of any great Illinois quarterback. I'm lost. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. All right, thanks. Sorry. That's all right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see who's up next. Uh, go ahead. Hi. Yeah. Yep. You got a guess for me? Yes, Juice Williams. Juice Williams is correct. Very good. Hang on. I'll get your name, all right? Okay. Very good. Yeah, Juice Williams. Uh, I'll have Adam get your name. Juice Williams was second. Kurt had 70, Juice had 56, Nathan Shieldhouse had 55, Jack Trudeau had 55 touchdown passes, Jason Verdusco with 42, John Butcher had 39, Tony Eason only played a couple of years, of course, he had 38, Wes Lunt had 36, Johnny Johnson had 35, and Jeff George, who only played briefly, had 31. All right, so uh, again, Kurt Kittner was 70. Juice Williams was second with 56. Nathan Shieldhouse and Jack Trudeau tied for third with 55. And those are our answers, so we gave them away. So we appreciate that. We get his name and number, and we will tell you. You need to pick him up by 4 o'clock today. Those are the business hours, especially for the tent passes. And the tickets are for Monday night for the basketball game, 200-level tickets, Section 218. So... There you go. All right, so congratulations to our winner on that. We'll do it again next week, too. Uh, before the Illinois-Purdue game, we'll have our Illini Friday presented by OSF. All right, uh, a couple of other notes here. Of course, the election is uh, Tuesday, and uh, some of the headlines today, uh, Grim Outlook has some Democrats second-guessing their messaging. They've focused very much on abortion and January 6th, those have been two big things they've they've pushed. If you watch all the ads, the other thing I've noticed is if you, I always, I tell you this, if you uh, if you follow it close, uh, you'll notice where as we get closer to the election, the last week, where the uh, people that are campaigning, where they go, tells you a lot about what they're hearing or what they're sensing is happening. And here's what's happening: oh, President Obama uh, is out there campaigning. Uh, Joe Biden is going to safe states that are heavily Democratic anyway. 
I saw, um, I think, Vice President Harris was in the state of New York. Uh, Hillary Clinton was campaigning for the, for the um, governor of New York, basically defending Democratic turf, which tells you that they are worried about a landslide or a huge Republican night because they're trying to shore up what they do have. Those say, that'll tell you about everything you need to know about what could happen on Tuesday. But we'll see. There have been. I mean, everybody thought Harry Truman was going to lose, too. They had him written off. Uh, one of the papers declared the other guy the winner, Dewey. Didn't happen. So uh, things can happen, but uh, it just tells you what they're thinking. Some of the projections, uh, the GOP, they say, could pick up anywhere from 15 to 48 seats in the House. The Senate, they say, might be Republicans with a plus four. But again, uh, that we'll see on Tuesday. We'll have all the Election Day coverage for you coming up uh, the day after. Jim Dye will join me for both hours, and we'll also have Patrick Finkston join us from the Illinois, get his analysis on everything that's happening. So uh, get ready to vote. If you haven't voted already, make sure you do, regardless of uh, where you vote or when it is, if it's uh, early or on Election Day. We certainly hope you will do that and do your civic uh, duty and the civic opportunity you have to certainly do that. And, of course, all of our uh, – we've got sports talk tonight. We've got uh, volleyball this weekend. Women's basketball uh, is playing the, this uh, evening over at the State Farm Center against Quincy. So get out and support Shauna Green's team. And we've got our football coverage tomorrow. Let's take another step forward, shall we, into that Big Ten West uh, title potential with a win over Michigan State, 2.30, Illini game day at 12.30, and, of course, sports talk in the morning. Thanks for being with us. Enjoyed it. Always do. WDWS Champagne.